What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the HWS Podcast, also known as the Health, Wealth, and Sports Podcast. I'm your host, William Andres, and in this podcast, we will discuss an array of different topics from fitness to financial literacy and sports. If this is something that you might find yourself interested in, well, this is the podcast for you. Please stay tuned. Don't forget to follow the HWS podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. You can also find me on my social media page on Instagram under the HWS underscore podcast, on YouTube under William Andres, and on Twitter under Mr. Andres. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Health, Wealth, and Sports. I am your host, William Andres, and I have another great topic that I want to share with you guys tonight. Uh, We're going to be talking about three mistakes that uh, beginning investors make in investing in the market. Yes, I'm going to share with you my top three mistakes that beginner investors make when investing in the market. And these are, you know, very common mistakes And you may find yourself making these mistakes because I found myself making these mistakes. And basically, they're all just fear. And fear basically dominates the way that you invest in the market. And I'm going to explain the three mistakes that I made. Now, these three mistakes have cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I'm going to tell you why they cost me $100,000. And I'm going to go through each one of these three mistakes. And you can ask yourself, have you made these mistakes in your investment journey and your portfolios and in your journey of trying to make money? The first one is quite simple. I, I believe that everyone has had this issue. And, the, and what it is, is just simply executing. You know, you you have done your homework or you got a really good tip from someone and they told you to buy a certain stock at a certain price and it hits that price point and you freeze. You're just like, uh, do I really want to invest this amount of money into this particular stock or mutual fund or whatever it is? And you just freeze. You just don't execute. And a lot of times you know, uh, you're, you're dealing with the money that you have worked so hard to get and you really don't want to put it all into this investment because you know what? There's no guarantee that this investment will be profitable. So you freeze. You just don't execute. Now, the problem with not executing is you're going to sit and watch this stock for days, weeks, months, years And you will regret not taking good, sound, solid advice. If you did your homework, you know who the CEO of the company is, you know what the cash flow, you know what the revenue is, you've checked out the charts, you've done all of your homework, or you just, you know, you have someone who is in the financial uh, space and they have done the homework for you and have told you, hey, you know what, this is going to be a good stock this year. You should put your money into it and you you listen to the, the conversations over and over and over again, but you just are scared to execute and you're stuck 
with regret because you're just watching this uh, price point go up and up and up and you're watching this stock go up and up and up and up and it makes your stomach turn because you're like, I should be getting those gains, but you're not getting them because you just had the fear of executing. And I'm going to tell you a couple of uh, situations that that were like that. So I remember earlier this year, Apple was about at 109 and everyone kept telling me, you know, after the split, Apple is a great play. Apple is always a great play because this company is the biggest uh, company in the market. They have great revenue. They have great growth potential. Uh, they have a great CEO in Tim Cook. So Apple is always a great play. And if you check out some of the biggest mutual funds or the biggest index funds in the market, all of them have Apple in them. So that just should let you know that Apple is a great play. Now, Apple was trading at 109 and, you know, it had before the split was way up there. So, you know, that it's going to bounce back. And, you know, Apple comes out with the new iPhones, the new iPads, the the AirPods, or if they were a company by themselves, they would be one of the top companies in the in the stock market. So you just know that Apple is just here to stay. Now, I'm looking at that 109 price tag and I'm like, oh, should I really get into it? And I'm looking at it and I got it on my watch list. So I know what Apple is doing. So Apple was in a consolidation period for a long time after their split. It stayed at like the 109. It kind of bumped up to 115 and it would go back down and it, you know, kind of just hovered at that area. But I knew that that was a good price point. And I was listening to all of the experts saying that, you know what, Apple is going to have a breakout year and, you know, the company's so strong and they have so much revenue and Tim Cook's doing all of these great things. And I just had the fear of executing. So, you know, I watched Apple go to like 124, then it went into 130, then it hit an all time high after the split. It went up to 157. And now I'm looking at Apple and I'm like, I'm so salty because I'm like, I should have got into this. So I waited till the pullback and I eventually bought into Apple at 139. And, you know, yes, it's, I'm making money, but I'm looking back and I'm like, think about all the gains that I left on the table. If I'm going to buy at 139, why did I not buy at 109? It just doesn't make any sense. I should have got into the market or should have got into Apple at the 109 price tag because that was just a great entry point. But fear of executing uh, kept me out of it. Now, some people never execute. They never buy into the, the stock or the fund that they know they should have bought into. And they're stuck with the regret of looking at that for years and years and years. And one of the things that I'm going to tell you is don't beat yourself up too much. We've all done it. But you have to learn from your mistakes. And the biggest and hardest thing to do with your money is execute. And the reason why it's hard to execute is it's hard to take a lump sum of money and put it into something. And especially like if you're a beginning investor to put it in there and have faith that it's going to multiply. Now, that's OK. But if you make the mistake of not executing and you've done your homework, the next go around you have to execute. And I'm not saying to execute 
on some risky stock or a mean stock or something like that, but something that you know is a solid home run and you've done your research and you know you are a hundred percent sure that this company will be around twenty to thirty years from now, that is a solid investment and you could put your money in it. And you could sleep well at night knowing that that company will be around and they will continue to make revenue and you're going to uh, make money in the future. Now, the second mistake that I have made with my money is uh, trying to get in at the best price point. Uh, And that is another mistake that I believe a lot of rookie investors make. You know, you always hear like, "Uh, I was waiting for it to get down to uh, 200, but it only got to 201. Now, if they're telling you that this stock is going to go to like a thousand, does one dollar, one price point uh, away from what you're trying to get into really matter? You know what I'm saying? So like you're going to miss the boat waiting for the perfect price point. If you're going to hold it to a, a thousand anyway, what is uh, 201 to 200 matter. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of times we we try to wait till the absolute bottom. We try to time the market. We want to get in at the absolute best price point to ensure that we get the best returns. Now, that's not always a bad thing. But the thing is, if you're going to hold this stock anyway, you're planning on holding it 5, 10, 20 years. What's the difference of a couple of bucks? You have to get in where you fit in. And if you know what, you don't absolutely get it in at the best price point. It doesn't matter. You're still in the stock, you know, so I, I'll give you a, another example. So like during the pandemic in 2020, uh, pin gaming fell down to about five dollars a share. And I had a manager who told me back in the day when there was a, uh, a recession, when he was coming up. The casino stocks were hit really bad. And he said they fell down into some of them fell down at under a dollar. Now, in the midst of this recession of 2020, we didn't know what the lows were going to be. Now, pin gaming at five dollars was an absolute steal. And I should have just loaded the boat at five dollars. But. I sat there and I waited. I wanted it to go lower. I was like, you know what? If this thing falls below a dollar and I load the boat, I'm going to retire. I'm not going to have to work anymore. I I am going to absolutely hit the jackpot by grabbing pin gaming at a lower price point. Now, I knew pin gaming was going to actually have a breakout year after the pandemic because sports betting was coming. I knew that they owned some REITs. And they actually own physical property. So, you know, they didn't even have to worry solely on their uh, casino uh, aspect of their business to bring in revenue. They had other means of generating revenue. So I knew this was a solid stock. Plus, I knew some uh, high level executives that actually worked in pen gaming and they were telling me, trust me. You want to get in and pin at $5. This is an absolute steal. Okay, so now let me let me tell you my story about it. So 
like I said, I was waiting on it to go below a dollar. And I sat there and I watched Pen Gaming go from five dollars to eight dollars to twelve dollars. So I finally decided, you know what? At fifteen dollars, I jumped in. Now, I let ten dollars worth of gains go by because one, I was scared to execute. And two, I was waiting for the absolute best price point to jump in. And in turn, I ended up getting in at a worse price point. Now, Pin Gaming went on to make an incredible run. And they uh, actually went up to, uh, I think, about, about $127 a share. Now, you're thinking to yourself, well, if you got in at 15, you made an absolute killing. And I should have. But I'm going to lead you to my third mistake that most people do as beginning investors that cost them a lot of money. The mistake that I made was I didn't hold the stock long enough. Yes, I didn't hold the stock long enough. You hear about all these people that tell you, you know, this is going to be a great swing trade or I'm a day trader. I'm making so much money. And even the guy who got me into investing, if you've been following this podcast since season one, episode one, I talk about a manager of mine who got me into investing. His advice to me was, you know, you take $10,000 and you throw it at a stock that you know is going to go up. And he said, you know, you make a quick five hundred dollars that day and boom, you have five hundred dollars that you made on a quick swing trade or a quick day trade. And he's like, that's good money. And it is. It it truly is good money. But the secret to the stock market is this. Buy and hold. That's all there is to it. If you buy solid companies and you hold you will create generational wealth. And I'm not talking about a year and I'm not talking about five years. I'm talking about when you're getting into your 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years of holding a stock of a good company. If you go back and look at the chart of the the stock market, it always moves up. Historically, it always moves up. Therefore, meaning if you put your money in solid investments and you just forget about it and you continue to dollar cost average or you continue to add to your positions, you will win. Now, think about this. Most people own a 401k. And if you're if your company is anything like mine, you, you own a 401k. And when you get paid, they take a certain percentage out and they put it into your 401k. Most people never look at it. They don't, you know, they they put their, they allocate their money where they want it. But for the most part, they don't check it. And when they finally do check it, they're pleasantly surprised at how much money is in their 401k. The reason why is you give your 401k the opportunity to grow uninterrupted. And by the time you actually get some time to look at it, You're pleasantly surprised because you're like, wow, this is really growing. Well, that's what I should have did with pin gaming. I shouldn't have tried to swing trade it. I shouldn't have tried to make a quick flip. I should have bought and held 
because if I would have done so, I would have made a huge profit. Because remember, I got in at 15. I could have got in at five. But even at 15 was a good price point because this thing ran up to about one hundred and twenty seven dollars a share. And trust me, I had a lot of shares. Now, this is the, the, the third mistake that I say that people make that, you know, you have to you have to get away from this pitfall. If you're buying a solid company and you bought in at a very good price, just hold it. Had I held, I would have made a lot of money. Did I make money? Yes, I did make money. I, like this is not a story of, you know, I lost money on uh, a stock, but I lost potential earnings, potential gains because I sold too early. Investing is exactly what investing means. You invest for the future, not for a quick flip, not for a quick swing, not to say that you can't make money that way because you can. But most of the long term investors, the big investors, the Warren Buffett, you know, you know what really the secret to Warren Buffett's wealth is time in market. That's all he has over people. He's not even the best investor. If you don't believe me, go check for yourself. Warren Buffett's secret is time in market. He bought and he held and he increased his position over time and he held. And now the man is making a living off dividends and he doesn't have to do anything because he has stocks that he's has, has held since like the 50s and probably even before that. That's the secret. Stop listening to everybody telling you that, you know what, you buy and flip and this is the secret to success and this is the wealth. Investing is not supposed to be exciting. It's supposed to be boring. That's that's it's not a sexy thing. It, you know, like it, they, people trick you into showing you all the sexy things that money can buy. Yeah, you know, you got a Lambo and you got this big house and you say, man, how did you get that? Well, I'm an investor. And you're like, OK, well, I got to get into this investment space. I got to make a quick flip. I got to get quick money and you can make quick money. You absolutely can. But that's not the name of the game. The name of the game is to buy solid investments and hold. Now, all three of these things fit into the exact same line of mistakes that will keep you from making your maximum amount of money. The first, you have to execute. You just got to get in the market. You got to get over the fear of I might lose money because guess what? You might actually make money. Stop scaring yourself out of making money and just execute. It's all you got to do. You got to believe that, you know what, if you did your homework, if you've done your due diligence, you're going to make money. So if you got a solid company, buy into it. And I always use Apple because Apple is creme de la creme. This is one of the best companies that you can find in the market. If you don't believe me, like I said, go look at all of these funds and go look at all of these uh, ETFs and see how many shares of Apple are in these funds and ETFs. Just go check. You don't believe me? Just go check. Do your own homework. The second thing, stop worrying about what price point you're getting into if you're going to hold it for 50 years. 
a couple of bucks doesn't matter. So I'm in an investment group chat. And in this investment group chat, we're always talking about different stocks and different price points. And you know what? I've thrown out a couple of some of investments and, you know, we'll argue back and forth. And then a month later, we'll go back and be like, wow, you know what? Had we got into that, we would have been straight. We would have made a good return. And I'm going to give you I'm going to tell you. So right now, today is October 21st. We were talking about a firm on September 8th and it was eighty nine dollars a share. Eighty nine dollars a share on September 8th. Currently today, a firm is sitting at one hundred and seventy nine dollars a share. You see where I'm going here now? In our group chat, we were like, well, it's kind of high. It's this or whatever. And I was like, yo, but this is a good, you know, this is a good uh, stock to be in. Amazon at the time just uh, announced that they will be using a firm as their uh, payment program. You know, you could buy now and pay later. And Amazon is one of the another one of these humongous companies. And anytime they make the news, they make the news. So this would would have been a great stock to jump in. But we were waiting for the change of a couple of dollars or, you know, we were going to wait it out and we missed the wave. Now, a firm may still go up. There's still value in a firm, but now we have to get in at a higher price point and think about all of the potential gains that we missed because we were having discussions about this. Now, you know, sometimes you can't get into the big company like you can't get into Apple. Maybe Apple's too high or Tesla's too high. I always tell my uh, friend Tesla's too rich for my blood. But there's companies that are in Tesla's supply chain that you can buy into. Like there's chips. AMD makes chips and Tesla needs chips for their vehicles. That's an entry that you can get in. Now, if you're following AMD, you could see where a good price point is. You do your research and you can buy in. And if you hold, you're going to make money. The third one. And I believe this is the most important of them all. You just have to hold. That's all you got to do. If you execute it and you got in where you fit in and this is a good company, all you have to do is hold. Don't let anyone talk you out of your position. Don't let anyone tell you, you know, you could cash out now and go buy a TV. You made some good earnings. Go back. If you're an investor, just go back and look at some of the stocks that you have either done a swing trade on or you've day traded, just go back and look at what you bought in at and look at the potential gains that you could have had if you would have just held from when you bought it to now. And if you bought some solid companies, you're probably kicking yourself because you've missed out on a lot. I'm going to give you another example. So, uh, a coworker of mine's gave me AMC before it became a mean stock, gave me AMC at $2. I'm like, okay, $2 is not bad. I even gave this out in a stock group online that I was in, but gave me AMC at $2. 
I said, okay, I'm gonna execute. Two bucks ain't bad, right? So it's a it's a low amount, and AMC was getting crushed because of the pandemic. No one's going to the movies. We know AMC is a solid company because you know what? Prior to the pandemic, blockbuster movies were coming out and people were going to the movie theaters at record numbers. So AMC's at two bucks. This is a steal. So buy AMC at two bucks. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm watching it. And then all of a sudden it gets memeified, if, if that's a word. But it, it, it falls into the category of the meme stocks. So the meme stocks takes AMC from $2 to 11 bucks. Now, remember, I told you I loaded the boat because uh, I knew that AMC at 2 bucks was a steal. And now it's jumped up to 11 and I loaded the boat. So... I'm getting out of this thing. Let me cash out. Let me get my money. Right. And plus, it got caught up in this meme stock stuff that happened over the summer of 2020. And everybody was like, you know, it's a terror. AMC is not worth what it is. People weren't going to the movies. This is a meme stock It's caught up. So I'm listening to all the hype. I sell at 11 bucks. I make money. Like I said, these these stories don't always end in tragedy. Like, you know, I lost money because I did something wrong. I actually made money. But here's the kicker. Like I said, today is October 21st. It's a Friday. And if you look at AMC, it's trading at $42 a share. Yeah, it's trading at $42 a share. Now, remember, I bought in at two bucks. And remember, two bucks isn't a lot like, you know, you're talking to a guy that will throw 10 grand at Apple at $139 a share. So two bucks. I'm like, okay, yeah, I could do two bucks. That's not bad. But the issue is I sold way too soon. Listening to the noise around me and thinking that, you know what? I could do a quick flip, a quick swing trade and make some money, which I did. But I could have made so much more. And this is the other kicker about it. So when you sell a stock in under a year, you end up paying more taxes on it. Yeah, you pay more taxes on any stock that you own for less than 12 months. So if I would have held this for a year, I would have came out uh, on the other side of my initial purchase smelling like roses. So please don't be like me and learn from my mistakes, because these are very valuable lessons to any beginner or even an experienced investor. These are pitfalls that will keep you from maximum maximizing your portfolio. So if you get into a good stock that you actually executed on and you bought in, you know, a reasonable price point, just hold it. Trust me. You'll thank me later. So that's the end of my rant. Hopefully, I'm going to be able to save you some money in the future. And you could come back and listen to this and you say, you know what? Will was right. Will was right. But these are just my thoughts. These are my personal experiences. I'm not telling anybody that you have to go and implement these things. But trust me, these mistakes would have caught uh, would have saved me and have earned me a lot of money. So that's the end of my rant. Thank you for listening to another episode of HWS. Please, 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 please do your boy a favor. 
If you have an opportunity, stop by Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere that you get your podcasts from, and please subscribe. And if you're not already uh, subscribed to my Instagram page, it is HWS underscore podcast on Instagram. Please stop by and, you know, just leave a comment or, you know, just like a picture or two or whatever. I'm trying to grow this podcast and I can't do it without your help. So please make sure that you're doing that. Again, thank you for listening. Peace and love. I'm gone. What's going on, family? I just need for you guys to know that the Health, Wealth and Sports podcast is strictly for entertainment. Yes, this is entertainment. You're going to have to do your own research. Even though I'm giving you a lot of valuable information, you know, I don't want this to ever be mistaken for professional advice. So please do your own research and hold my feet to the fire. If I'm steering you wrong, let me know. But please don't take this for professional advice because this is just a show to stimulate conversation.